You are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. Today on the show, we have the student engineering design team called Gatorloop. And representing, we have Gabriel Tanalia, who is president of Gatorloop, and Derek Deal, who is vice president of business for Gatorloop. Guys, welcome to the show. How are Thanks. you doing this morning? Doing great, dude. dude I'm yeah. super excited to hear all about this project and everything that's going on. I've heard, I've seen videos, and I've seen all mm-hmm. sorts of information, so it's going to be really, really cool to, to dive into that. But before we do that, I want to introduce our guest co-host for the day, my friend, Brian Tobin of Startup GNV. How you doing, man? Colin, I'm living the dream, man. Good morning. How <laughs> are you, you doing? Are you ready for this? I'm. I am pumped. I'm so. I'm excited to bring energy. I'm excited to learn from these two guys and kind of uh, get people to know what's going on here in Gainesville, which is uh, a ton of cool things that I don't think people actually know are happening right in this community. So right. mm-hmm. let's uh, let's get to it. And it's cool because I feel like you know you've seen some of the different podcasts that we've done. It's been very entrepreneurial. I mean, we have we've had everything, right? We had some athletes, we've had had some authors and some artists and musicians, uh, but the the general audience right now, people who are listening, is very, very entrepreneurial, which is really, really cool, because obviously that's my passion, it's like what I love. Um, But I don't know, have you had students on the show before? I don't think we've had students yet, right? And so this is cool, because for me, this is like a huge purpose of this podcast, is really to be a bridge between this top eight university and the entrepreneurial environment that we have in Gainesville and how we can get more of this like collaboration and people just one, just knowing of each other. So uh, that's what got me super, super excited to dive into this podcast and obviously this this particular episode with Gatorloop is like very entrepreneurial. Um, and I mean, I, I think a lot of people know who Elon Musk is and the things that he, he's doing. So. <laughs> so so it's kind of cool that, uh, that this pro- project is associated um, with everything that he's doing, which is really, really cool. But before we get into it, yeah, hey, you gotta tell us, like, for the general population who might not know what Startup GNV is, there's been like there's been like a rebrand, right? So like why don't you yep. explain to everybody what Startup GNV is, what your role is in the community, and maybe some of the cool things that you got going on this year. Cool. So uh so Startup GNV, we've been around since the the nineteen eighties. It used to be known as the Gainesville Area Innovation Network. So the idea of Startup GNV or what the idea that Gain started was this idea of innovation being what Gainesville can be known for. So you gotta think uh where does Gainesville sit in the larger ecosystem of Florida, right? There's, uh, there's Miami, which is international business. There's Tallahassee, which is like government and economics. There's Orlando, which is entertainment. Where does Gainesville have a niche carved out? And the idea is that, that it really is innovation. There's a lot of cool companies that come out of this community. I think, Colin, you're doing a great job being kind of this uh, evangelist for that, that message that Gainesville's doing super, super cool things. And you, you, don't guys are, suck, you don't have to suck up to me, bro. You're No, they told me I had to. They told me I had to. <laughs> It's part, part of the rules. And these guys are doing a great job kind of carrying the torch. And uh, part of our mission is to, one of it's awareness, right? We want people to understand what's going on here in Gainesville. Two, selfishly, I want people to stay here. And I know that, you know, we're not going to keep every every individual that goes through the University of Florida. But if we keep 10% more year after year, we keep that talent in our community. Mm-hmm. We're going to help grow the community of Gainesville. It's going to be better for the economy, better for how people can live here and raise a family here. That's the mission of Startup GNB. Which is also the mission of, or one of the missions of this particular podcast. Which, which is crazy that we're aligned on these missions, because yeah, yeah, yeah. we have this very similar goal, and I, I really, that is what I'm passionate about. And like, 
Startup GMV is made up of entrepreneurs in the community, some that are have grown businesses and doing super cool things, some folks that are just very passionate about games like myself. So what we do and what, what I'm directly in charge of is an event called Startup Weekend, run by a company called Techstars. What we do is we get energetic and excited people in a room for two and a half days over the course of a weekend. We have them go through the process of starting a business from having a general idea to forming a team to coming up with a, a prototype to getting customer validation to effectively presenting in front of a panelist of local community entrepreneurs. And the winner gets some prizes, but really what they get throughout that weekend is an understanding of what it takes to be an entrepreneur and it's, a, it's an emotional investment, it's a time investment, it's a people investment, but I can, I can promise you that, and this is, this is kind of my sales pitch, right, for that event coming on here, mm-hmm. if you have an idea and you want to see if it, can, if it can sustain or grow over time, come to Startup Weekend and experiment with it, because there's no better way to fail fast figuratively or learn, get feedback on what you're doing, than to really hammer on it for two and a half days with a bunch of intelligent people. The idea is that, if we continue to build this ecosystem of energy and excitement in Gainesville, that's going to be good for all of us. And if you know, you guys, you might be the next Elon Musk, right? Like getting out of this community and going on to the next thing. But maybe you inspire someone that hears this to say, okay, I'm going to not go work for big ABC Corporation. I'm going to take that this idea that I've had inside of me, and I'm going to use this and pursue it to try to grow something on my own. Did I do a good job of selling it? Yeah, it's good. Cool. And when is so when is Startup Weekend? So Startup Weekend this year is May 17th through the 19th. It's going to be at UF Hub, UF Innovate the Hub, which is downtown Gainesville. Super cool space. Thank you for Mark Long for letting us use that. You are a rock star and helping grow this community as well. And uh, if you need any information, I'm super easy to find guy. It's Brian with a Y at startupgnv.com. And uh, I challenge you, if you have a great idea, come out and let's see if we can uh, push it to the figurative test for two and a half days. Yeah, do you feel like, when I look at the scope of Gainesville, do you feel like sometimes there is just, it's just difficult to get students out of the UF bubble Mm. and over to the other side of 13th Street and down 2nd Avenue towards the Innovation Hub and towards you know all these incredible companies that are doing incredible things in Gainesville? Yeah, and I don't know why it's, uh, it's funny, I was at UF last, Thursday and I was speaking to a mechanical engineering class and we we're talking about cool things that were going on in Gainesville. And what was interesting to me is that they were super excited about these cool things. They just had no clue what was going on. So it's, to me, we have this awareness problem, right? And the cool part of that interaction for me is we identified the issue. For an entrepreneur, right, we're, we're here to solve problems, but we can't solve problems as we know we're there. So I've been thinking on this for the past four days, five days since that happened, and I don't know how to solve that problem. But I think if we put our heads together, we can kind of break this this stigma that Gainesville is 13th Street and beyond heading heading north, and it's not. Like, there's a lot of cool things happening downtown, and I want to get people to know what's going on downtown. Not even downtown. There's tons of cool stuff happening out over by Santa Fe and out in Celebration Point, the new development over on the other side of town. There's tons of cool things, but if people don't know about them, they're going to stay insulated in that that UF ecosystem because UF does that, right? There's food there, there's athletics, there's there's people. You can you can live on campus. You guys might know that, but uh, you don't have to. Like, get out of that box. You're going to learn a lot of cool things. Again, I don't think the idea is to keep every single student. It doesn't work like that. In fact, I want people to leave Gainesville and go and have experiences, but I also want a certain subset for those to stay and help us grow this. I want a subset to go leave and come back because those experiences that you're going to have are going to be a great part of your personal development for our development of our community. 
And I, I, I want this to grow. I mean, you've been here since 2000, right? You've seen the growth of Gainesville in the past 19 years. It's crazy. Is it weird to say 19 years? Does it feel yeah, weird? Like insane. For me, it feels weird to say 12. But uh, imagine where we're going to be in 19 more. And we can't do that unless we have excited, intelligent people that want to commit to this place and want to be part of that growth. That, to me, is the most exciting part of Gainesville right now. And that, you know, we could go to Austin, right? All four of us can go to Austin, find another job, and go to Boston, go to New York. But then we become a cog in the machine. And that, to me, sounds super, super boring. And maybe in five years, I won't be bored by that, and I'll go do it. But I think at this point, we all have this opportunity to contribute to something that can grow and be something special. So that, to me, is an opportunity that I want to latch myself onto and uh, be part of that growth. I think that's super, super cool. I don't think a lot of people have the opportunity to be in an area like this during this t- during this time to uh, really contribute to it. And one of the things that I have found about being here for 19 years is that these students, a lot of them are missing a huge opportunity because sure, they're getting a great education, but they don't realize how easy it is to like connect with a CEO of a company here and to actually sit down and have coffee or have lunch or at least have a quick 10 minute meeting and an introduction, you know what I mean? And like, I've found that the business community here is very, very, these business owners and executives are just very open to to that. I mean, I'm yeah. definitely one of those people. Like anytime somebody's like, hey, can I get 10 minutes of your time? I'm like, yes. Now, is that gonna be scalable like long-term? Like, who knows? But I know that in the, in the immediate, like I've been an entrepreneur for 15 years and I take that meeting 95% of the time. You know what I mean? That's how we met. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's the same thing. So, I mean, I, I just know that this business community is super, super open to that. And I mean, this is gonna be a great opportunity because we're about to get in it with these guys and, and talk about this project. And, and hopefully more and more students will hear this podcast and realize those opportunities and make an effort to reach out to more businesses here because because you are, you're just missing, you're missing an opportunity to build some amazing relationships with some really, and not only like just like startups, you know, it's like, oh, like it's a startup, you know, like, I mean, one, the startup community here is like legit, <laughs> like really legit. And then, and then you don't have, then you have companies that aren't startups that are like legit crushing businesses like they're out like destroying like just doing their thing you know um, and you can meet those guys too so I would just encourage students to get out get outside of the UF bubble go just email somebody call somebody and and just connect with with a business owner here because Brian's absolutely right like we want more of the talent to stay right here in Gainesville and help us build this community and um, and it's it's gonna be awesome long term and I'm super glad that startup GNV is a huge piece of that um, you know, and then I'm really excited about the things that you guys are doing to make sure that some legacies and stuff live on. You know, I know that there's, you know, Josh Greenberg Day is coming up. Um, his birthday was April 17th, and that kind of got made a Gainesville holiday, if you will. And, and one that's like well deserved, and like that's a legacy we certainly want to live on. And I've just seen Startup GMV kind of grab that and take that. And, and is really ensuring that legacy, so. And for, and for those of you that don't know, so Josh Greenberg is one of the founders of uh, Groove Shark. This is actually an issue that we talked about in a, a meeting that we don't want that legacy to, to fizzle away, because I think what he did was something that was instrumental to the Gainesville startup scene, technology scene, whatever we want to call it, entrepreneurial scene. And uh, you know he, he unfortunately passed away, and we what we want to do is carry that torch, right? And I think Josh is someone that you know, and, and I'll be very transparent, I, I did not know Josh, and this is where I get in this awkward space where I knew of Josh when I was moving from 
I worked for kind of a larger company when I when I first graduated college, and then I moved to the startup scene. But Josh, to me, was an inspiration as well, because I saw this guy who was a young kid who had a great idea. I used Groove Shark at this job that I had, and I thought it was awesome. I thought it was super cool to stream music online. And we see how that's evolved, just like with the Pandoras and the Spotify's and but so many other companies have, have jumped on that wagon, right? But Groove Shark was here, and I don't want to overemphasize that, but Groove Shark was here in Gainesville, Florida. It was in downtown Gainesville, past 13th Street. And what, what Josh and team did, it's great. And what's cool is that a bunch of the talent that was with them has moved on to other companies in Gainesville. They've been an instrumental part of those companies' growth as well. So you're right. We want to keep these legacies alive. Because I think the worst thing that we can do is be this this entity that represents startups and then we don't help move these companies forward, right? Like, can we get every business funding? Like, absolutely not. Like, that's not how it works. But can we be the people that if you need to have a conversation about what it's like to be an entrepreneur, to have a startup, to run a startup, to kind of get your day into life, and that's where Startup Weekend comes in, that's what we want to be. So I, I appreciate you bringing that up because I had not planned to talk about that, but I think that's a very important thing that we want to make sure people are aware of. Well, and it just goes to prove my point because... Josh Greenberg, like I, I didn't, I wasn't like really good friends with him, but I, I was one of those younger. I mean, at least in terms of like, I mean, we're probably about the same age, but in terms of where they were business wise and where I was, like they were well ahead, right? Like well, well ahead. And and I reached out to him and I said, hey man, like I would love to just go out to lunch with you and and just pick your brain a little bit. And he was so open to that. And he was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, why don't you come by Groove Shark? I'll give you like a little tour. And then they actually took me to their cafe. <laughs> and, then he, and then he treated me to lunch. And that was just the kind of person he was. And um, so I just appreciate you guys making this huge effort to make sure that that legacy lives on because it needs to. So so thank you. And um, and thank you for being my co-host and being here. And and I'm thank excited. Yeah, man, I'm excited to get into this. You ready to ask these guys some questions? Let's and, do it. And, and tear into it a little bit. <laughs> well, fellas, thanks again so much for being on the show. And um, and like we always like to kind of start with a little bit of origin story, right? So kind of take take us back a little bit, maybe to uh, maybe a little into childhood or like did you ever think that you would be working on you know, getting into engineering and working in on a project like this, and you know what what specifically brought you to the University of Florida. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit of each of your stories. Okay. Uh, well, in terms of Gator Loop, um, Gabe is definitely like the veteran. He's he's the number one guy for Gator Loop. He's our he's our figurehead. Um, mm-hmm. But kind of, I guess, an overview of my origin. So this is my third year here. Um, but it's just funny that you guys brought that up because. Uh, ever since I did come here, I kind of realized everything was a bubble. Like there's just so much encompassing the campus, and um, students just didn't want to escape that bubble. And so I was always curious. So um, the past three years, I've developed like a, a great love for Gainesville, and I just love exploring new things around here and connecting with people like you guys because I feel like that's really important because most students probably won't do things like that. Um, but I do want to spread the word about Gainesville and and Gator Loop and all the cool stuff that we're doing. So, uh, but I guess origin story. Nothing too crazy. I was a Florida boy my whole life. I knew I wanted to come to UF. It was a very easy thing. Um, I guess college was like the natural move after high school. I never really thought about it much. I was able to come here on scholarships. So I didn't have to question it very much. So I'm thankful for that. What are you majoring um, in? Majoring in business administration, specializing in mechanical engineering. Okay. Yep. So a little bit of technical, non-technical. Um, thankfully, he's very smart, so he's able to pick up all the technical slack and I'd handle all the business. <laughs> Go Gabe. Um, Do yeah. <laughs> But um, I mean, that's it for me. I just, I heard that Gator Loop needed some business help, some marketing help uh, last semester. 
So I, I came on board and we've been running ever since. Cool. You're yeah. like, I got this. Yeah, Let me for in. sure. <laughs> uh, a little bit about myself. Um, I grew up in Fort Lauderdale, Miami, so I'm from my own little bubble. <laughs> so I mean, like everything you see, you know, it's, it's, it's usually down here. So moving to Gainesville, I wasn't expecting to see so much, um, so much of a thriving community. And I was expecting some, some kind of small town. But really coming here, you see that there's so much going on mm. uh, in terms of what's been, been developing. Um, I, I am a mechanical electrical engineering student, so definitely gets very technical. Um, I think the first time I've ever built a robot was at some camp in fourth grade. So um, it's been What kind of robot? What'd it do? Uh, it, was, it was a... It was a camp. We built a small robot. It was like an RC car that was um, solar powered, and you could like clap your hands and it detect uh, where it was going and stuff. It was pretty cool. Was it's it like useful, that TV but, show um, where like they destroy each other? I was just thinking BattleBots. I love that show. Yeah, what's it called? BattleBots. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm like, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, dude, BattleBot. So, like, yeah. I, I don't. I, I think it was always on the back of my my mind that I had to do something with technology and engineering and building mm-hmm. things. Um, I didn't think that was what I was gonna do. Um, I was very heavy into band when I was in high school. Um, I'm sure What'd a lot play? of students are. Uh, I played a few instruments, uh, primarily saxophone, some baritone, a little okay. bass. So cool. Have, have you, have you ever done the surprise? Trumpet, yeah. So, yeah, and I was in the Gator marching band and all oh, sorts very of stuff. Nice. Yeah, yeah. You ever done the surprise saxophone? Surprise have you seen saxophone. that? Where you just show up and start playing saxophone to people? I've seen that. <laughs> you should know, do I was, I was that's, very... that's, that's exactly <laughs> careless, careless whisper. I remember when when George Michaels passed, I, I immediately like texted my friend, I'm like, this is the saddest day. <laughs> I wasn't ready. So the guys that were doing that, that went super viral. Yes, it, it was one of the, it was like one of the first super viral people. things. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, getting cool. into to UF, uh, getting to see all the cool uh, technology and engineering here was just, it's amazing. There's a lot going on. And so what year are you now? I am a fourth year. Okay. So I'll probably be here one more year. So how did this project even come to be? So I think I'm the only one on the team, maybe one other person who's been on it the full four years that it's been yeah. around. Uh, it started summer of 2015 <clears throat> by a few uh, Gator engineering students uh, who had this idea. They, they, they wanted to follow Elon Musk's vision. And his vision was to create transportation that was phenomenally fast. We're talking around 700 miles an hour. So you could see faster than most uh, commercial planes that are on the market. Um, for the price that you would pay for a subway ticket. So um, it, it, in terms of the technical, um, it, it's done by taking uh, a tube, taking all the air out. You, el- you eliminate all the drag that's in there. I mean, is it basically like when I go to Bank of America and I put like the tube Very in? Very similar. It's like, <laughs> it's, that's how I always it's explain like it. Vacuum. Exactly. That's, like, that's, more, that's yeah. more of the, the, the air is propelling it. There, it's okay. a little different. Okay. So, so, yeah. so for this one, you have but the concept is like, similar in terms of like sim- tube right. and like yeah. right. traveling. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. And they and they just want to make it go as fast as possible, and so uh, right now what they're trying to do is they're trying to uh, take this onto the students and take this onto the private sector to build these prototypes in order to get it as fast as possible. So it's been mm-hmm. slowly over the years getting more and more advanced. Um, over the last five years, you've had uh, two or three major technology companies try and build on this idea and. Uh, do prototype testing, and they've been able to go uh, one company 240 miles an hour. The rec- actual, the, the highest record now is actually set by students 
in in Europe about 290 miles an hour. So it's just getting faster and faster and over time, and 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 that's the idea is to build it using this uh, massive amount of very intelligent students and, and professionals. Okay, so yeah. let let's take a, a step back real quick into like Hyperloop. Is mm-hmm. that what it's what it's called, right? Hyperloop. Yeah. yeah. Like so, that's basically Elon Musk's brainchild, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, did you guys see the podcast of him with Joe Joe Rogan? Of Are they course. like talking yeah. about this? I did not <laughs> see that one. <laughs> Joe, Joe Rogan's kind of like, just tell me like the you know <laughs> the logistics behind of it. You just like go to L.A. and you're like, hey, I'm gonna drill a big hole underneath the city, and <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't even know if I got a clear answer on it. Like, if he actually gave one, you know, it's just like, who do you have to convince to like drill a giant hole underneath the city? for something like this. I don't know, it was super interesting. Go yeah, but it that. starts I mean, with the vision, right? Like having yeah. the vision to go and do that. And then he, he, I wonder how long he's had this vision, how many people thought he was crazy. And people, I mean, people still think he's crazy, crazy, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, yeah, everyone thinks he's crazy, but yeah. is, he the, is he the right kind of crazy? And clearly he's not because what he's done is, and the, the method of this implementation, which is very interesting to kind of outsource the creativity to, to student groups mm-hmm. and have the students submit them and come in. I think that's, that's, that's smart because it's using, he, that's his resourcefulness. Like I know we're going to talk about resourcefulness at, at a later point in time, but he's he's using his resources right now, which is a, a collegiate system across the nation that has a ton of intelligent kids who can get together and figure to like compete too, yeah, so try right. to help solve this problem. Yeah, how did that part happen parties. though? So how did that part happen? Did they like put out an announcement and you guys like, up, you applied or you like, you're just like, oh, we're just gonna start doing this and you start sending prototypes. Like, like when, how, did, how did you become in the network of the Hyperloop? system. My guess is when they started building on the logistics of how they were going to make it happen, they realized that their hands kind of tied with certain certain aspects of the industry with space, with uh, you know, Solar City, yeah. with Tesla, and they wanted to build on this idea, but the technology wasn't there yet. So I think what they thought of, they, they built on the vision and they came up with a very intelligent solution, which was to have the students do it. And to have them do that, they would host the competition. Um, it cuts on the cost for them, but at the same time, the technology is getting developed. Um, and so, you know, the students at our, our school who started our, our organization, Gatorloop, uh, they really wanted to um, build on this technology. And so they formed the club. They, they were very passionate about it. They recruited as many students as they, uh, they could. Um, I was entering at a freshman at, at, at the time, so I wasn't sure what I was really getting into. Uh, but I remember one of the old captains, Taylor, coming into a, a meeting for ASME, one of the professional organizations, and just being like, we're, bu- we're building on this cool technology, uh, who wants to join? And um, I think of all the teams, it was one of the coolest things that, that was that was there, and it just sounded amazing. Mm. So Yeah, they really lifted it from the ground up, like especially something that is so arbitrary at first and no one can really wrap their mind around. They did a really good job at, like, being very gung-ho about it and just going out and finding students and finding kids that would be interested and helping them build something that they knew nothing about. You know what I mean? So I have a question about how they... Uh, so there's lots of ways that this problem can be solved, right? If, if you can remember back to four years ago when this first kicked off and you started getting involved in it, how was this framed and what was the way, what was the way that it was framed that really was intriguing to you and interesting? And I, I want to have a second question, which is, was the solution to the problem intended to be open-ended, meaning that you have all these teams that are trying to solve this, were there constraints they said you have to solve the problem this way, or was it more, 
use your creativity, your engineering skills, your entrepreneurial skills, and come together as a group and just give us a solution. Oh, cool. I think it was more they, uh, in their mind, they wanted to, to establish the vision uh, because they knew what their end goal was and they wanted to find some way to get there. And so for, for the students, um, figuring out how to get there was a challenge. When this idea was originally brought up, it was brought up with air bearings. And over time, we've come to find that that technology is uh, difficult to implement just because of how the tube works. And so it's shifted almost in a completely new direction with uh, maglev, linear induction propulsion systems, all these new technologies which um, allow it to work a little differently. So they, they began with the end goal in mind, and it's kind of taken a different route to get there. Um, but at the same time, it, it's built up in the logistics. It, it's becoming more feasible over time. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that's natural, right? Like. Uh, we, we have a hypothesis of what's gonna solve the problem, right? But we don't know if it's actually going to work until we start implementing it and working towards it. So that to me is natural, right? That's the whole natural part of trying to f- figure out anything in the world and that you have this goal and the goal is the hyperloop that we wanna work towards and we had the theory of what's going to work initially, but clearly you and not just you guys, right? The other teams that are working on this identified there's a better way. And this is like, well, you know, pivoting, right? Pivoting the space. You're still moving towards that same goal, but the, your implementation of the way you're thinking about it slightly changes. That also changes how you work as a team, the resources that you need and what you actually need to do to, uh, to move forward with the project. So very cool. I have a very interesting question for you. Since you have, are now a fourth year at UF, this program's four years in. You've been doing this for all four years of school. And it seems like this has evolved from I'm interested in this cool concept to this is now a club to now it's a business. Walk me through that evolution for you and how that was like to balance your personal life, your education life, and now what's becoming your professional life. So give, give me that story. So when I started out, I didn't necessarily know how much I could contribute. I started out, you know, like most other students who join in engineering and at UF. Uh, they come from high school, they got their education that way. Um, they don't necessarily have the experience that's built on actually doing things outside the classroom. And so for me, that was my, my way of trying to, trying to learn and trying to develop myself over time. Um, eventually, though, I became so involved that um, I actually got the chance to go to L.A. at SpaceX headquarters and, and test our original pod, um, which was amazing. And I think in terms of the evolution after that, how I became more involved was very abrupt. Both my previous captains kind of been like, you know, our time is up, you're next. Passing the torch? Passing the torch. And I think they were just really scared to do it because it, it, it was their baby. So for them to give it to someone else, they had a really, um, I, I think, you know, for them they were a little nervous. And for me, I didn't know what I was getting myself into uh, when I said, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. And they're like, no. Take three days. <laughs> Take three days, give me your answer. That's then, good then. advice. But you know what? Uh, definitely, it was so much work that I was not expecting, but um, I really I really wanted the, the club to, to flourish and to grow. And so my, my vision, my ultimate goal is getting them to that competition stage to build these pods and to test them. And they're not cheap and they're not, uh, logistically, it's, it's a nightmare. But, um, you know, this year for sure, like, we've had some very intelligent, very motivated students. And sometimes it's very, it, it, it's, it's easy to find the intelligence in this community, um, not always so easy to find the motivation. But these students definitely, they, they carry that on their shoulders and they, they wanna 
you know, do something with this. Why do you think that is? Like, why don't they have the motivation? Um, I just, I think people are, are, are sometimes just locked to insert, into a certain mindset. They, they, they want to live. They want to work. They want to, you know, live their daily life. But it, it's not really the, the question they're asking some, themselves is, uh, what do you want to do? What, what do you want to accomplish? And, and how does that look like from 5, 10, 15 years down the road? So I, I, if anything, that's, I think, the, the big question to ask yourself is, what do you want to do with your life? How, what kind of impact do you want to make? I mean, do you feel like you have that figured out at this stage? Like, I mean, what's, you know, here you are, like, when do you graduate? I, I probably have some more time to take okay. some extra classes. Okay. <laughs> like, just because? Or <laughs> I, I mean, I want to learn. So uh, okay. these extra classes, they're, they're definitely going to help build my experience so I can take these tools and do something with them. Okay, perfect. So, I mean, let's just say even when you are finished with school, I mean, what do you... Mm-hmm. Do you have something in mind as to what you're going to accomplish, or do you see yourself somehow staying involved with this project, or are you also going to be handing that torch off? So I will be handing this torch off um, while I'm at school, just because that's how our school's constitution is. It's two years. Okay. So after this two years, it'll be my my time is up as president. So I will have to pass that torch. Got it. Um, but definitely, I will be you know carrying on that uh, that mission and that drive to to kind of develop this technology even after. Um, my goal is with building some of the most advanced technologies that this world has in aerospace and hyperloop technology and, and a lot of the cool tech that you see now uh, just getting started. Um, I think it would be cool to see a lot more uh, startups and that would be in, in hyperloop specifically and I think that would be something I'd be very interested in because it, it's really it, I, I see it as a very uh, it has a lot of potential the how so how could our community help with the project is there anything that we could do at least in terms of support i mean how are you guys even like how's this thing even being financed is it through the school or that's a really good question so we've we've gotten some money from the school before um a lot of it is from community support and donations and sponsorship from you know some some companies in the area and some companies some big companies not in the area um, it, it's all people who want to see the technology flourish. Got it. Um, it's not a cheap project. I, I remember our first mm-hmm. pod cost about sixty thousand to to develop. Okay. So, um, but when we pooled our resources, we were able to build something and test it, and kind of figure out what what's the, the logistical promise. And I, I I definitely know that there are schools that are doing feasibility studies to to kind of gauge uh, more or less how they're going to make it happen. They know it will work. But they they want to see like in terms of the civil engineering, in terms of the mass development, what's the most effective way to make it possible. So when that they uh, they drop the ball and they start running, they they can really just take the technology mm-hmm. and you know put it all over the U.S., put it all in international companies. Yeah, but I think as a community, um, not everyone can donate money, and that's not always the most important thing to do. Just we as of right now, we're really obsessed. At least I am with telling the community what we are and how this is not some random student invention that has nothing to do with their lives. Like Hyperloop technology is something that the average citizen is going to be like involved with, is going to be experiencing within the next 10 to 20 years. right? So I just want them to start understanding what the technology is and how we're on the forefront of trying to push that technology and bring it to them just at least faster. Um, 
but also I just I love it when people see students that are working on something that actually does affect their lives. And so we just we love trying to build that community support and that community like knowledge of what's actually going on in our university. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. You said that you actually got to test the pod? Yeah, we we've so, we've so, gotta run a, a, a few tests, um mostly to make sure that the the pods that we build are safe. Okay. Um so we, what's that process like? Where do you go to do that? Like So kind of how the, the competition works is that it's divided into a few stages. The first stage being the concept design that you present to SpaceX. The final design, which is very, very detailed. It's about a, uh, 80 to 130 pages. Ours was 103 pages for a final document. It was, it's very technical. Mm-hmm. It's, it's essentially showing that this will work before you go in and build this technology. And we've passed it. Uh, and, and we're hoping to pass it this year. We should be finding out sometime this week. Uh, yeah. But um, once we do it, we, we go through the safety checks and we build a pod and we test it doing functional tests, uh, battery software, mechanical systems tests, uh, just to make sure that it's some th- that it works in all, all respects. Because once this technology is, is made, we want it to be safe. Eventually, we want people to be able to to hop in a car, let's say they're here in Gainesville, and maybe drive down to Miami in, I'd say, around 40, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is crazy. crazy. And, but, it sounds but, crazy. Yeah, it sounds moving but it's so crazy. likely at, that it's at, even at more crazy. Fa- <laughs> at this speed, it would have to be, you know, you have to make sure that all the safety is in, uh, in check. And I think at some point it will definitely be safer than uh, taking a, a car down to wherever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just because they, they're having all the systems in check to get it mm-hmm. there. Absolutely. I'm also, the good thing about Hyperloop is that once the theory is fully complete, it's faster, safer, and more cost-effective than almost any other mode of transportation. So that's the beauty of it. Um, we're also, uh, so we're going to be testing our pod here in a couple of weeks and whatnot when we start building it. Um, but we, we have some cool um, kind of like tests that we've run, if you guys want to check it out. It's like an aerodynamic um, simulation. simulation, basically. Um, so this is all done computers, but that's basically the design of our pod, our new pod. Um, and all these green stripes you see running down the side are how the pod would experience drag and air resistance while in the vacuum tube. So we're just kind of measuring the aerodynamics of our pod and making sure everything checks out for our safety checks and for our design so it's as efficient as possible. And um, do you guys have this video? Did you send me this video? I don't think I did. I can't okay. know. Can you can't see? Know. Yeah. We'll, we'll overlay it on top of the podcast so Perfect. that way other people can see. So Perfect. those yeah. of you that are listening to the audio version, you want to go check out the video version to see what he's talking about. But that's super cool, man. Yeah, we can send you we can send you some of the simulations just to kind of see what it is we do yeah. on a normal basis. But um, some pictures of like our pod in general, like the, over, the overview of the assembly and what it looks like in its guts. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, we can send you those cool pictures, how everything kind of functions on a broad sense. That's cool. Yeah. I would tell, like, it's it's mind-blowing to me because, like, Brian, when I see stuff like that, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't even believe people think like this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just don't have that kind of brain. You know what I mean? And I'm just, it's, it's awesome. Like, I want to surround myself with more of that because I'm just envious of of that. It's like, the beauty I of just, teamwork. 
Yeah, it is. It really, really is. You can rely on other people. So tell me about the team a little bit. So you got, how many people are on the team? So I would say that we have about 30 to 40 active members, people actually putting work into the team. Um, I would say it grew a little bit because we've been trying to recruiting a a lot, especially some of the younger students who are coming in now to kind of build on their experience. Right. Now Um, the next step after that is just keeping them motivated. Yeah. Right, because people come and go quick, very, very quick. Um, So we do want to keep those kids latched on because we're going to need them next year. We're gonna need him a lot, especially since this guy's stepping down. But um, I would say, in terms of our team structure, uh, we have our president, we have a couple VPs handling different things, different overall aspects of the team. And then we have leads in each of the different engineering categories. Okay. So like the mechanical systems, the design of all that, um, our electrical guy, the one working with the batteries, all of our electronics, we have our software guys. Um, Derek, are these all students? All these students. are all students. Mostly undergraduates. Probably like 95% undergrad. We have like three or four grad students helping us with some like nitty gritty calculations and simulations. Is that the technical term? Nitty gritty. Nitty gritty calculations. Yeah, I like breaking it down a little more simple. Yeah, it's definitely the technical term. (laughs) uh, He's making sure I understand it on the other side of the table. He was was talking to us for sure. (laughs) For sure. So uh, you mentioned to recruit, like you recruit these students, right? Mm -hmm. Walk me through that recruiting challenge because the the intelligence is here, right? Like there's intelligent people at the University of Florida and elsewhere in the community, but motivation, I think, is the problem, right? How do you and how do you have them buy into a vision? That's really what you have here, right? This is not a solution that's going to come out in 12 months. This is something that they're going to be a part of that might be 10 to 20 years down the road. Mm-hmm. Walk me through that process when you're talking to a student who might not have that long-term vision and how you sell them on joining your group. Wow, great question. Well, um, I think what we see in a lot of newcomers is that they think it's cool. They hear Elon Musk, they hear Hyperloop, and they hear that they can gain experience on a real engineering team. So they hop on, they sit in one of our GBMs, um, and things get very complicated. And they realize they actually have to work. What's a GBM? A general body meeting. Got it. Right. So just like a general meeting for our team, um, it's kind of overwhelming for a newcomer. But regardless of how overwhelming something may be, they should still, if they're passionate about it, stick with it and build that motivation. So that's very hard to do for a lot of newcomers. Um, They kind of want to be spoon-fed sometimes, and we're willing to do that. But we need a little bit of something from them. We need some passion from them. We need some drive to learn, to sit, and to be confused because we'll figure that out for them and we'll walk them through it. Um, that's, That's the biggest struggle. If you can put it in any other words, I don't know. Um, I think it's a total, like, they're going there for one reason, and they end up finding a completely different reason that they're there. So they're there probably to develop them themselves or to kind of learn or to make friends or to do something. Uh, but then they realize when they're in it that they have a big part of something, that they're, they're part of something bigger than themselves. And I think when they, they see that, um, it definitely adds to their own drive that they want to... Uh, to, to, to contribute, to advance the goal, and to um, see how they themselves can play a bigger part over time. Mm-hmm. You have to well, constantly but, you have to constantly keep creating that vision, and you know I, it, it's one thing when you got because I can see it with you guys, like you see it, like you see it, like you know yourself. You're telling me, man, this is like 15, 20 years. Like we know that we need the community to realize that this is actually going to happen, yeah, and so you see the vision and you feel it. Now you have to get the rest of the group to, to have that same feeling, right? Like this is going to be a reality. Mm. So the quicker that you realize that and get on board and help us get there, the quicker we're gonna get this project done. So. Precisely. And once you get there, it's a fantastic feeling. Yeah. That's, That's for damn sure. There's nothing like yeah. bringing people together. 
I think yeah. that especially around an idea and like I'm, I'm sure everyone that goes to the the meetings doesn't join right same same idea but the people that you connect with and they understand the vision when you bring them on board and you see that because your your team is complex there's so there's a lot of different skill sets that are required to make what you're doing possible so getting that one cog that can then cogs the wrong term that one key team member that's going to fit into that that program that you're building and seeing them contribute and become a part of that that has to be a fulfilling feeling for both of you to have. Like, even you, like when you came on board, like you're filling a role of, of helping figure everything out from a business perspective with this idea. That's an important component to add to the mix of the individuals here. And I think getting all those people to work together towards that common goal, I'm not sure if there's a better feeling in the world. There probably is. I haven't had a kid yet. But uh, <laughs> to me, I, I think the, you guys should embrace that, and that should be part of your pitch too as well, that working as a team is uh, very fulfilling. Mm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think personally just when I started, I knew that I knew that there was a need to be met and I felt like there was a lot I could do here and I was very excited about that. So I ran with it from that point on and there's still so much to get done and it's so exciting to think about it. <laughs> this guy's cool, definitely like taking taking the reins on a lot of stuff and he's definitely, you know, like helped our car, uh, our organization our club grow. Those are really good questions by the way. We're just shooting from the hip here. Love yeah. Them. Really no, good coffee. I've, I've done this before. <laughs> Approximately 41 other times. <laughs> I've gotten a lot better at the time. And of course, like, I'm like looking at these guys back here and I'm like eye rolling because I'm like looking, you know, hearing the boxing gym behind us. That's what it is. I'm just like, dude, I'm just, I can't win. That's great motivation right there. <laughs> this is like straight up boot. Yeah, here we are. You're like entrepreneurial bootstrap. Running a podcast studio out of the scooter office next door to the boxing gym. I mean, the entire community knows about the boxing gym at this point. They've gotten more. They've gotten more promo out of this podcast <laughs> than anybody because they're just like shouting next door. Free promo. So, That's their marketing plan. Uh, Be yeah, loud. It's actually working for them. So uh, I apologize to listeners and everybody else. It's, for me, it's distracting because I'm like, I, mean, I can usually do a pretty good job of staying focused, and then I, ah, 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 like, and I'm like, like really. Anyway. So I mean, through this, that's it. And I'm I'm not good. I just get right back into and it. transition and, <laughs> and cut. Um, what? So I mean, with a project like this, there's going to be multiple failures, right? Lots of lots of trials. You said something about bearing stuff that I didn't even understand earlier. You know, it's like in in one ear and out the other for me. But there's going to be a lot of these different trials and 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 failures. Like what's been. Like what's been the biggest, I would say, and then like what did you, and what are you learning from these little failures? Whether as a team or in the actual engineering aspect itself. I don't know, I haven't been slapped in the face with a big failure yet. Okay, that's good. I have some stories. I know he does, (laughs) I'm I'm waiting for him to to bring him up. (laughs) This is what I want right here. So I mean, I think the biggest thing is learning to deal with failure like you do in any business is, is critical. And just seeing how you can bounce back from that as quickly as possible and with the most most force that you can. Um, our team did not make it to that last stage of competition last year. Um, we were booted in the semifinal round. We were one of the top 47 teams, but we didn't make it to that very last stage like we wanted. And I think we had to address on both a technical and on a team level what were some of those issues that prevented us from getting to that next level. Um, and sometimes it's not even the technical. Sometimes it's just how you're organized, how your uh, team functions as a whole. And I, I think that people underestimate in engineering 
um, the level of people skill that you need because you need the ability to work with others. You need the ability to uh, understand how everyone works and how they can work together and, and making the most out of that potential. So, I mean, I think that our team has done a wonderful job this year of bouncing back from that. Mm. And I think it was very motivating to see how people um, from that experience did not just quit. They bounced back. They they stuck, they stuck with the team and they really wanted to They're hungry forward. for more. Um, we went to California despite not going, uh, getting in the competition, but uh, uh, we went to the competition. We went to learn. We went to observe. We wanted to see what other teams were doing right, what other teams were doing wrong. There were only three teams that made it to the very, very last stage of the track, and that's out of hundreds of teams. So... Um, they have that that um, quality that that binds that team together, that has that technical knowledge, and we wanted that, and so we we've been doing everything in our power to 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 make that a part of our own uh, our own structure, yeah. our own motivation, and, and taking that to the next level, and and we hope to continue learning and doing that over time. Do you think this idea of uh, team perseverance is more a function of the people that you have on the team? Or are there things that you all do proactively to to build this idea of perseverance with the individuals? Because failing is difficult, right? No one likes to lose. But I think through losing, we learn lessons. That's important because we can then take those lessons and iterate the next whatever it is that we're doing. Like, I'm sure not making it to the finals was, was difficult, but you took that lesson internally and said, here's what we can do to improve next year. So explain to me kind of a direct question of, is it the team? Is the people that you now have the composition of the people on this team? Or their strategies that you all use to help keep people motivated. I think it's more of a combination of both. Um, the people that we have, they're great and they're they're motivated. Um, but I think it's also um, for anyone listening to this, it's it's how you set yourself up and how and where you want to be. Um, I I sincerely believe that anyone uh, has the potential to do something great with it themselves, and it's just a matter of. Uh, what do you want to do? Where's your motivation? And how do you want to get there? Mm-hmm. If you're not setting big goals for yourself, you're not going to achieve great things. Um, at the same time, if you set big goals for yourself and you don't achieve them, um, it hurts. You know, you, you don't you don't take to it too kindly. You want to to get somewhere really, really, really bad. And if you fall short, it, it, it can be demotivating sometimes. But um, I, I personally think that if you set those big goals and you do your best to achieve them, um, eventually you will succeed in one way or another. Can you walk us through one, give us one real example of, so outside of losing the event, tell me a practical example of something that you learned from that was a, we can use the word failure, right, but maybe just a lesson learned that you were able to adjust quickly, then incorporate a change into for the next cycle, whether it's how you interact with people, how you conduct a meeting. Walk me through a a real use case of something that happened. Um, I think the best example is students who don't get into the college that they want. They're really motivated. And sometimes it's just a numbers game. You try and audition for something, uh, let's say an acting role, or you try and get into a college and you apply and you don't get in. Um, it's not the end of the world. And I, I think what some people need to understand is it's not the, the college that makes you who you are. It's not the college that makes your career or your future. It's you who does that, and it's the school who helps give you the tools for that. Um, I, I, I remember I was very upset. And I got rejected from MIT. I applied, but um, they're lost. I, I, yeah, I know they're lost. Like I, I could not imagine a better college experience than uh, than coming to UF, finding such um, uh, amazing people, amazing friends, and really um, and, and and making this college the best experience that I have, and, and, and taking that and, and doing 
the things that I want to do. And it's, again, it's not the college that defines me. Um, it, it, it's not that, it, it's, it's how I make the experience over, overall. Mm. That was really, really good. <laughs> and I think it's a great lesson too. It's like, yeah. it's, it's, life is not what happens to you, it's what you make of it, right? Like you, you wanted to go to MIT and uh, go be cold up north and you decided to stay down here and I don't know, it's wonderful. freezing. I, you know what, the, I'm so grateful for this weather. <laughs> like, and uh, yeah, you have to, you, you, you take control of the experiences that happen to your life and you make those into what you want them to be. And I think that outside of what we're talking about with the Gator Loop and the Hyperloop, I think that's, uh, for listeners, that's a great lesson to take is that Things are going to happen, some things you can't control, but what you can do is control how you react to those situations and take everything with an open mind and give 100% effort for every situation you engage in and good things will happen. Well put. Amen to that. So I want to kind of go circle all the way back around to the beginning of this podcast real quick as we're about to wrap this up. How can we get more students off of campus and involved in the community that's not the University of Florida? Great question. This is, so my first answer that comes to mind is that the Innovation Hub is technically still University of Florida, but there's people sprinkled in there that understand more than just the university. We actually hold our meetings at the Innovation Hub. Um, But I think the whole startup culture in Gainesville as it grows and the amount of startups and people moving back to Gainesville just to start their businesses is a good start. It's mm-hmm. a good place to start. And I think as students start to see that and pick that up, and as soon as more teams like us try to branch out from the university and establish like wings um, and try to do things with the community, the more students that do that, the more students will follow, I think. That's the first thing that comes to mind. But that's that's something that I struggle with a lot, just thinking about is how can I pierce that bubble? How can I show all of my friends and other students that there's a lot more to Gainesville than just the university, just 13th and 34th, you know? Yeah. yeah. I was I was pleasantly surprised to find out that FIU is starting their own Hyperloop team. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely think that, you know, uh, aside from UF, there's some of these other colleges which have great great students, great minds that they, that they haven't really had this opportunity yet. Um, I think the more you... Uh, spread the word to other students, to other professionals, the more likely you're able to see that that, that result um, in Florida at home and, and to see the, the idea and technology grow. Um, and sometimes it is that numbers game of just, you know, spreading the word to as many people as you can and sharing that vision. And I, I think it's growing, but, you know. What do you guys think? I'm curious. Yeah. From, from a different perspective, like how can we spread that community effort? You know, it's it's funny because when I look at this this podcast, for example, it's, like I said, it's one of the reasons why we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, dude. That, that happens at least once every five episodes. <laughs> well, this so, is yeah, alarms are going off. Yeah, no, don't even sweat it, uh, and we don't edit anything. We just let it roll. Perfect. <laughs> don't sweat it. We don't edit. Um, you know, it's one of the reasons why I even got into this this podcast. It's like you know, I I see the you know, I see the University of Florida, I see the city of Gainesville, I see the Chamber of Commerce, I see a lot of organizations and non like I see everybody trying to get on the same page with a unified vision for the city, um, which I think is exactly what we need to do. I, I agree with all of that. I sit on the board of directors for the Chamber of Commerce and I want to be an active piece in that and, and I'm proud to be an active piece in that. 
Um, but you know, a lot of the, a lot of it can just take some time. You know, it's there's and then there's things that are a little bit beyond my controls. There, I mean, these are large organizations. There's some red tape involved. You know, it's just things are just going to take some time to to evolve and get to, and get to that point, right? So when I sit back, and and this is what I encourage everybody else to do as well. When I sit back and I say, okay, there's all of this stuff that's really beyond my control, but what is within my control? Okay. What what can what can I do? And the one ability that I knew that I've had, which is the reason New Scooters Plus is one of the top scooter dealerships in the country, is media and marketing. Like, I'm a marketer, that's what I do. And I was like, you know what? I can absolutely bring in unique businesses, unique individuals, unique students, unique anybody, mm -hmm. and interview them, share their stories, and, and show the world why Gainesville is a community that they should be involved in. And whether that meant the, you know, hey, students from top eight university, stay here. <laughs> or, hey, if you're out there in the world and you're listening to this podcast and you're like, oh man, like Gainesville sounds like a happening place, like maybe I should look at moving my company there right. and do it. We've already had that happen. We've already had somebody say, I'm moving my company to Gainesville because of your podcast. And which is like the most mind, especially after 40 episodes, like the most mind blowing thing that I've ever heard. And, but it was valid, you know, it's, it gives me that validation that this is worth doing, like that alone. Like I've invested so much money in this and I've asked for zero cents at this point. Like so much money into this. And it's, and it's because of my passion for Gainesville. Same with Brian, like we just have this passion for Gainesville. Same with Ty, who's now, he's, he's overseas playing golf right now. <laughs> Hopefully you're crushing it, Ty. But he has that same vision for, for Gainesville and we all, and we all share that. And, and then ultimately, like again, I've said it multiple times, just being a connector. If we can connect students with businesses or we can connect other businesses with other, I, I can't tell you how many people have said, Colin, I've gotten several leads from being on your show. Like To me, I'm like, that's awesome, Like that that's great. I want to hear more of that. Keep telling you, if that happens to you out there in the world, like keep telling me that because it gives me more motivation to, to keep doing this. Um, but just new relationships being built. I, I just want I want to be the ultimate builder of relationships in Gainesville. Oh, like, like kind of like uh, the Godfather of Gainesville in a way. Sure, <laughs> that that'll work. I mean, as long as I can connect people again, and and again, you know, here we are, like circling back. We're talking about Josh Greenberg's le legacy on yeah. Gainesville and the stuff that he did in the startup community. Like, uh, I'm not gonna lie, I want the same thing. I want people to know that, well, like, when I'm off this planet, they're gonna go that guy right there, that guy right there made Gainesville, Florida. The, like like he was a huge inspiration to how that that community became that community and grew from what it was to what it is today. And, and if I have people say that about me when I'm gone, dude, then then I served my purpose. Mission accomplished. Yep. So it's I don't know, man. I just get I get juiced about about that. This has been a, an incredible experience so far. It's it's. It's just great to see the different, even the different organizations and the different people who are, you know, playing such vital roles in the mm -hmm. community. Um, you know, I met with two businesses yesterday and just, and just building more and more relationships. And I'm just consistently blown away by the people in this community and what they're doing. And, and when I hear of companies that are just absolutely, you know, crushing it and growing and, and I mean, they're contributing to this, this economy and, 
you know, it's the the brilliance, the minds, the thought processes, the people, like, I mean, it just, I'm just consistently blown away. <laughs> I mean, it is like, that's why we named the podcast the Whoa Podcast, because it's just like, <laughs> whoa, up in here, like, all the time. Um, <laughs> so, I uh, I have one final question. Do you have any more questions? Uh, I'm, I'm all set right now. Okay. I have one final question, and it's an easy one. It's like, where where do you guys see yourselves in five years? Wow, I ask myself that every day. Um, in five years, hopefully not in school. That's the first thing I can think of because <laughs> I want to do something besides school. That's all I've got for now. We'll see where That's it good. takes me. I'm just making sure my toolbox is full before I get to that point. Good. Yeah. I can still see myself kind of figuring things out. Um, I, I like electrification right now, so I think that's probably an area that I'll probably go into. Um, but beyond that, just figuring things out. What kind of lifestyle do I want? What kind of things do I want to accomplish in that time? So, Continue to raise your bar. Yeah. Never never stop learning. You know, the getting out of school comment, for sure. I totally yeah. get it, because school, it can be a little bit rigid for how it feels, right? But even when you break out of that that bubble, that education bubble. Don't stop learning. Don't stop having new experiences. I love your analogy of making sure your toolbox is full, but don't ever let it get full because that, that builds this complacency and we don't want to get there, right? Like you should always be striving and achieving for something. And mm -hmm. I think that's just, uh, that's something that I've learned when I graduated was that I wanted a, a new challenge every single day. And I, I make it a goal to learn something new every year. And I set small attainable goals and big goals. And I think for you all, if you're thinking your five-year plan, don't just think about who you want to be, think about what you want to learn or what you want to accomplish and experience that you want to have. Because I think that's a different way of framing that. When we, when we receive that question, it's like, I'm gonna be an accountant. And that's yeah. not the right answer. It's like, here's what I want to do, here's where I want to grow, here's what I want to learn. So I like that both of your responses included that, that you want, you know that this is not the end, right? When you get that diploma and walk off the stage, it's not like, boom, life is done. Like, now I'm gonna do this job for 20 years and it's over, no. Continue to push yourself and grow because it's going to uh, it's going to make you both just better human beings, and it's also going to make you uh, much more uh, desirable in the workplace for other places to go to. And then, of course, come back here in five years and start a business. Yeah, that's noted. Yeah, that's, which that's that really happens noted. a lot. It does. It's, I mean, I'm constantly surprised by how often that happens. And if it's not like necessarily starting a business, it's just coming back and working. You know, I can't. I tell people all the time, like I've had a lot of part time college students who worked here at the scooter shop and then they graduate and they leave and they go to the big city for a short period of time and then they come right back. You know, and I see mm -hmm. that a lot. I, I say this thing and I don't think people believe me is that Gainesville has this energy to it. And I, I, you know, you don't believe it until you experience it. Right. And people leave and that's fine. Like I'm not saying everyone should stay here. I don't think that's the best thing, but I, I am a believer that when you get out of Gainesville and you see that there's other communities and other ways that people interact and there's communities that aren't as open as we are, not just like with helping people, I think is the big thing. It draws people back and then this is a good time to be drawn back to Gainesville because of the opportunity here to be uh, an influencer on the growth of the community. I loved your statement a second ago, uh, very, very openly, I want to be the same thing. I want to be part of Gainesville's growth and I take a lot of pride in that. I don't care if anyone remembers my name, but I want to know that I've had this influence, whether it's just positive energy or motivation or helping people see the potential in something that they might not have seen the potential in, and then also be a part of it. I, I think that is what is the best part of Gainesville is that 
there's not just this sense of community, but there's legitimate potential to do cool things. And companies have shown that, that there's a, a viable economic product being put out there, which means more jobs, better opportunity, and you don't you don't have to leave to get a good job. I hate hearing that response from students like, oh, I'd love to stay here, but there's no opportunity. And it's, it's like, okay, well, you've now identified a problem. Let's solve it. Let's find places to come here and give you better opportunities so you can't stay. Yeah. It's yeah. a good perspective. Yeah. It's a very good perspective. Never thought of it that way. Well, guys, before we sign off, is there like, where can everybody learn more about the project? You guys got social media, website? Great question. Kind of yeah. So we have a brand new revamped website, which will give you kind of an overview of what we do and who we are. Um, UFHyperloop.com. Our Instagram, we've been working really hard to beef up lately. That's um, UF Gator Loop on Instagram. Uh, we're on Twitter as well, not very active, but if you want to find us on there, it's also UF Gator Loop. Um, Facebook, Gator Loop, same thing. Lots of Gator Loops. Um, <laughs> you can find most of this online just by searching us in Google. Yep. If you search, <laughs> search us in Google. If, if you don't want to remember this or write any of it down, just Google Gator Loop and you'll you'll uh, find us. Yeah. We're just trying to say Gator Loop answer. a lot. So I always, I always send that, the, let me Google that for you. Or Have you guys done that? No. Uh, that, that's it, right? The website, it's like oh, the, LT. Yeah, and it just idea. Googles it for like, you. Yeah, yeah, it's like, let me Google that for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we should have added a B-roll yeah. of that at the end. Let me Google that for you and then put Gator Loop in there. But definitely, we have, Make it happen. we have that vision of sharing. If, if you want to reach out to us, there are definitely ways that you can do that. Cool. Yeah, our website's the best place. Reach out to us. Let's get talking. Let's... Let's tell the community what we're doing. That's what we want to do right now. Yeah, so. even, even if you're just interested in learning more. Yes. Well, guys, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for, thank thanks for waking we up early with us. We appreciate you guys very much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thanks for, for waking up us. early with us, coming in and, and sharing a little bit about the project. It was super awesome. Brian, dude, I'm like elated that you came on and to be my co-host, man. Thank you, me. thank you for having a very, very similar vision to the, what I have for this community and just keep working hard. and. You know, if I can do anything to help the startup GNV community, just let me know. Appreciate, it. appreciate you guys and world, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is the WHOA GNV podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. Everybody go, whoa. <laughs> we'll see you later. Bye.